0: Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, driverless cars could be creeping up on you at red light sooner than you think. Lawmakers are threatening the widespread use of fetal tissue for medical research and an update to a story we covered on coffee unions. Plus, do you think our city flag needs a makeover? Do you even know what it looks like? I don't. It's Friday, July 1st. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. CityCast Pittsburgh So good to be on the mic for Friday again. And now we have a new voice with us, producer Mallory Falk. Hi, Mallory. Hi, Morgan. And of course, newsletter editor Francesca Debacco. Hey, happy Friday. Happy Friday. And lead producer Megan Harris. Hey, everyone. Mallory, this is your first time on the mic. Welcome to the team. So happy to be part of this team. No, we're happy to have you. What's one thing people should know about you? I feel like our listeners have a pretty big jump on the rest of us.
1: Sure, so I am a born and bred Pittsburgher, but I have been living away from the city for a while. I'll say more than 10 years, less than 20. Try to be a little (laughs) vague about my age, Uh, but so I'm so excited to come back to my hometown.
0: So you're following something that's been in your wheelhouse for a minute. We snagged you from the education beat at WHYY in Philly. What's going on with fetal tissue research?
1: Yeah, so earlier this week, Republican lawmakers in Pennsylvania, they passed a resolution that added strings to this bill that provides tuition aid to state universities, and it basically bars them from using fetal tissue in medical research. So hmm. to get this funding, schools have to would have to swear under oath that they don't engage in research or experimentation using fetal tissue obtained from an elective abortion. That's the language in there. And so here in Pittsburgh, Pitt stands to lose over $150 million. Um, that money helps cover tuition discounts for in-state students. Um, so yeah, a lot to lose there.
2: Wait, Mallory, how much exactly is that that student discount?
1: So in-state students get about $15,000 uh, off their tuition. So it's a pretty substantial chunk of change.
3: Can we talk a little bit about like the fetal tissue aspect of this? Because I feel like that's sort of a broad category of research and it's something that's like pretty commonplace like i i I can imagine there's a ton of stuff that they won't be able to do or touch or talk about it all if you take that off the table.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know Pitt has used fetal tissue uh, to research treatments for like HIV, AIDS, cancer. Um, it's considered pretty essential for trying to cure diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. Um, so it is used in a ton of research that you know people rely on for some of these you know pretty life altering, sometimes fatal diseases. So this is going to
2: put roadblocks in the way of people pursuing education because they're not going to get the state discount on their tuition. But it also like damages the prospects of like potentially life saving research. Um, what do we know about like is this a done deal? Like I know that the state budget is supposed to be finishing up as we're recording this.
1: Yeah, the deadline t- to make a budget deal is uh, June thirtieth, but Pennsylvania usually doesn't meet that deadline, so. Always extensions. Always. Yeah. So um, higher education grants um, fall in this category where for a vote to pass, you need a two thirds majority. And so uh, it could take fewer than 70 Democrats to kill the spending bill if, you know, this amendment ends up as part of it.
0: Well, let's pivot. There's another thing in the legislature that I thought was pretty interesting. The Pennsylvania House passed it earlier this month, and it's a bill saying that autonomous vehicle companies can now test driverless cars and trucks on public roads. And we have a lot of driverless companies, autonomous vehicle companies in Pittsburgh, and it's just... I don't know, a little eerie to think that, like, I could be driving beside a car that has nobody in it, nobody operating it, a truck that has nobody in it, nobody operating it.
1: Yeah, I might have uh, waited to make my move back to Pittsburgh if I'd known that
2: this was pending. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm barely comfortable with humans. Like, on the road, it seems dangerous to not have anyone behind the wheel, like, theoretically i understand why they want to test it without anyone in the car but like if something goes wrong wouldn't you want
0: someone in the driver's seat to like make that executive decision and and things even have gone wrong um you know they had that accident in arizona with uber and there was a driver behind the behind the wheel but oh they felt, were there was someone yeah. there there was somebody behind there was an operator there but the car was registering, was trying to register if the person was a bike, if it was a car, if it was, it just kept flipping back and forth between if it thought like it was something that was a threat or not. And by the time it was able to
1: stop, it just, it wasn't able to stop. Mm, That's really scary. Megan, I noticed you're a little quiet over there
3: yeah um, so full disclosure, I worked in an autonomous company autonomous driving company here in Pittsburgh for uh just under a year um so I know a fair amount about this industry, um both internal and how they like to talk about it externally <laughs> um so yeah, <laughs> um actually, Morgan, I'm really curious, like what makes you the most afraid about the whole thing?
0: I think I just feel like there's a lot of human error anyways when it comes to driving um that to lose that lack of control i mean humans are still in some way building these these you know this technology yeah there's bound to be errors there's bound to be mistakes you know there's bound to be accidents so um i just i'm a control freak <laughs> you know so i can't imagine getting in one of these cars um And I can't imagine. I mean, these, of course, accidents happen every single day because people are behind the wheels. But I just, God, I mean, the day that an autonomous vehicle runs into me will be like the day I just rise up and destroy all the robots. I can
3: tell you that's the primary fear of most of the companies, too, is, you know, like any one of those companies is looking at the other like, you better not screw this up for us.
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine the lawsuits? Like a slight little fender bender, and I'm, I'm you know, walking into court with my slick lawyer and my neck brace. And my- <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's, That's trying a- to get a dollar out of this company. That's a really depressing
2: <laughs>
1: image. I'm also just imagining, like, rolling up to the stoplight and looking to the side, thinking you're going to see, like, the driver in the next lane over, like, bopping along to the music, and then it's just, like, emptiness. I don't know. That also feels freaky. That seems
2: like an alternate universe. Like, that shouldn't exist.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this proposal, though, they've been fighting for it for a while. It's um, one of those examples where a lot of folks in the same industry have been kind of banding together to make different legislative pushes all over the country. The one here in Pennsylvania is important because so many of those companies have um, they're authorized to test here. I think it's... Argo, Aurora. Those are both headquartered here. Yeah.
0: Locomation's headquartered here. Right. Motional and Waymo are not headquartered here. I just love these names. But-
3: yeah, Waymo is associated with Google. Um, Locomation is the one doing big rigs and trucks. Mm-hmm. So they want to do like uh, the kind of shipping, like supply chain things.
0: They've been getting banked. To do this testing too <laughs> from like from very big companies like Volkswagen and Toyota, Ford.
3: Yeah, I mean, every I would say every major automaker that wants to stay relevant in this game needs to have a self-driving partner right now.
2: I think it's so interesting how we are sort of the epicenter of this new tech industry. Um, like why Pittsburgh? Like, I know we have robotics. I know that we have complicated terrain
1: um, that makes it interesting to drive on. Yeah, are they trying to figure out how to get up these steep hills and over the bridges? Are we kind of like the perfect (laughs) playground to test that all out?
2: Right. I would love to see an autonomous vehicle try to come up my ridiculous Pittsburgh hill.
0: Can (laughs) can the autonomous vehicle recognize that the... The folding chair in the street <laughs> means that it's a safe spot, and it's not an object to get, like park close to.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, those are all like really serious things. Right. Like you know, the cars as they are, and this is true of all companies. They tend usually to have like maps that they build, right? Um, so it's not unlike the Google map that you see on your phone. Um, the car kind of winds its way through those streets as well. But say you've got a construction zone and one that maybe wasn't announced early enough that the developers got to play with their maps. Well, so maybe there's a new stop sign there or a road closure there. And the car has to figure out then what it's supposed to do. Um, So if there's a human in the car, they can make that call for themselves and maybe override the system. But if there's not a human in the car, then what happens? And these are just like big questions, right? Reflectivity is also a big thing too. So like all of the shimmery fabric or Mm -hmm. metal materials or stickers that you see, even kids backpacks that are made that way now. Anything that's reflective can really mess with their sensor systems. So, you know, say you've got like that light shining for a split second and in, in one way, one component of the car gets triggered and can't see the way it's designed to see. Now there's other things around it. There's like 360 cams and radar and lidar depending on the company you're talking about. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't cause this ever so slight hiccup that makes the car react ever so slightly slower. And it's not impossible to solve for that stuff, but it's really freaking difficult.
0: There's mornings where I'll get up to move my car because I live downtown and I have to constantly evade parking authority. Um, <laughs> and, and it's so sunny. And with the buildings and the, the huge like windows, I, it's so bright sometimes. I can't see it all. And I do see that Aurora is one of the companies that's authorized to test in downtown. And um,
3: and that's part of why, yeah, is like having like really varied <laughs> testing environments. Um, so like temperature differentiation. So like Pittsburgh can have very extreme cold to very extreme hot, and the computers don't work so well in heat. Um, that's mm-hmm. another reason why a lot of companies have been testing out in the desert, like around Vegas um, and in Southern California. Um, California also is just sort of a leader um, generally in allowing technology testing. So the regulations out there are a lot kinder.
0: And that's a big reason why they say they want to pass this bill here is so we so Pittsburgh can be competitive with these other cities and these other states that allow the testing.
1: I would really love if. Uh, a permanent feature of all these driverless cars was respecting the sanctity of the parking chair that that was like the stamp (laughs) that pittsburgh left as they expand nationwide
3: it is really important yeah yeah i mean i remember some examples um of some silly stuff that happened in like other cities like miami for example um and it's just like human weirdness like allotting for like the human brain and how we behave in traffic and that can be super challenging and i'm Glad, actually, that all of these companies have super smart engineers that are trying to figure it out. But like, can you imagine not only being like that smart in terms of computers and automotives and then also trying to account for like stupid people um, or just normal people that aren't looking at that split second? It's really hard. Yeah. yeah.
2: I'm just imagining like a yinzer yelling out their window like calling another driver a jagoff and then seeing that there's no one there. There's
3: no one there. <laughs> the cars are jagoff.
1: <laughs> Maybe this is why will unite all of Pittsburgh. Everyone can take out their rage at the non-existent drive, phantom drivers. Yeah. Um
3: there's actually a bigger bill in our federal Congress called the Self-Drive Act that's been floating around since God, like 2017, 18, and just keeps getting refiled. Um, and it would try to offer like some federal regulations rather than the patchwork state laws that we currently have. Does that sound familiar? Any any other systems being triggered by that? Um, <laughs> but a lot of... Uh, Bicycle and pedestrian groups really oppose it. This is a gross oversimplification, but I think a lot of people feel sort of squishy about getting a blanket OK about tech things like this, given how many idiosyncrasies our city and state roads have. And also how incredibly slow Congress has been to update their regulations yes. when they don't understand something about a piece of technology. Um Actually, this is totally reminding me of that Senate testimony about the fake Insta accounts. Does anybody remember that?
1: Remind us when we learned that no one in, is equipped to deal with the flaws of social media.
3: Yeah, uh, actually, uh, let's just play the tape. It's amazing.
0: Will you commit to ending Finsta, Senator? Uh, again, let me
4: explain. We don't actually, we don't actually do do Finsta. What Finsta refers to is young people setting up uh, accounts where they want may want to have uh, more privacy. You refer to it as privacy from their parents. What what in my interaction with teens, what I've found is that they sometimes like to have a an account where they can interact just with their with a smaller group of of friends.
3: Well, Finsta that, is that, one said, of your
4: actually. Finsta is one of your products or services. We're not talking here about Google or Apple. It's Facebook, correct? Finsta is slang for for a type of account. Okay, will you end that
0: type account. of
4: account? We. I'm not sure I understand exactly what you're asking. What I can say is that based on what we've seen in terms of teams using those kinds of accounts, we've actually given them additional privacy options to address those kinds of issues where they want more privacy so that they can have more privacy.
0: Well, I don't think that's an answer to my question.
3: So can you imagine that guy having to understand exactly how self-driving cars work and making a decision about it? Like, <laughs> come
0: on. I, I don't understand them. And like, and I shouldn't be making decisions about any of that. Um, But if if my input is heard, it's a solid no, because I don't want to <laughs> get hit by a car as I go to get my coffee in the morning. So Francesca, what's
2: going on with coffee
3: unions here in <laughs> Pittsburgh? Very smooth. Very smooth.
2: <laughs> nice segue. Love it. Yeah, so... if all you out there listening remember last week, I was on the podcast with National Field Director for Workers United, Daisy Pitkin. Yes. Um, we talked about how queer folks are at the center of this new wave in the national workers' rights movement, in coffee unions, and how LGBTQ plus workers at local Starbucks are promised the possibility of life-saving, gender-affirming health care, um, but only if they work a consistent 20-hour work week. And some workers have said that after showing interest in unionizing, managers have threatened to cut hours and suggested that after contract negotiations, like some of these benefits could go away. Um, We can link to that episode and the written story in the show notes so you can check it out. From
3: Pittsburgh City Paper. Francesca was in that too. Yes, yes.
2: This uh, this week's uh, print edition, you can find it. Um, on newsstands now Pittsburgh City Papers print edition Uh, so happy to have our news partners there Um, and actually they followed up uh, Dante Washington reporter followed up with the Starbucks workers strike at the Bloomfield location over the weekend
1: Is it kind of the same issues that have popped up at different locations?
2: Yeah. So Bloomfield was one of 10 locations striking across the country. And um, if you remember, they were actually the first location to unionize in Pennsylvania. Um, So they were striking against uh, alleged budget cuts and employee terminations, people who were interested in unionizing. Um, and they won their election uh, back in April um, one Starbucks employee said that since they won their election their hours have been cut by 30 percent and um, wow yeah so that drops well below the threshold of being able to maintain those health benefits
3: back up what's a what what does it mean again to win an election I forget
2: that means that their uh, location held a a vote to unionize and so if they, everybody said yes or enough right. people said yes enough people said yes that they yeah they won their union so um they like i said they were the first ones in pennsylvania and we talked to some other unionized locations in the previous episode some folks who were talking about like you know what it meant to them to organize and why they were organizing for safety for you know better pay um these benefits um, but this conversation is actually being expanded um, since the fall of Roe. You know, we were talking about the gender-affirming healthcare, care, um, but this also applies to abortion access. How so? Yeah, so on June 15th, Starbucks updated its medical coverage to allow employees um, who are enrolled in this company-sponsored healthcare plan to receive reimbursement um, for abortion-related travel. Um, there was a big story all about this in Bon Appetit this week. Starbucks workers are accusing the coffee chain of not being clear on whether or not this new abortion benefit would apply to workers at unionized locations.
3: Did Bon Appetit have anything from Starbucks? I know you called them um, and got a comment back, although I thought it was kind of funny that they wouldn't let you quote their name.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. They didn't. Uh, <laughs> they wanted to remain anonymous and
0: just be a Starbucks spokesperson. Off the record, that's somebody that works for Starbucks that you spoke with.
3: Oh, no, it was on the record. She just wouldn't, didn't want her name attributed to the piece.
1: Oh, okay, okay, okay. I feel like that's really a growing trend. I feel like a lot of people have started doing that.
3: Yeah, I don't know who told spokespeople that that's like an okay thing to do. But like, no, if you're a spokesperson, that means your name is included. <laughs> that is what spokesperson means.
2: So when Bon Appetit reached out for comment from Starbucks, um, they said that this benefit is available to all employees. But the problem is, is that they're making it confusing. The communication is not rolled out clearly. And in some cases, this is kind of being um, alluded to a threat. of If these locations try to unionize, this this may be something that's on the bargaining table. so it's kind of falling in the same box as the gender affirming healthcare for a lot of these Starbucks employees like across the country.
3: Well, and Francesca, I know this is your favorite question to add to almost everything we do here at CityCast. Um, is there a way that people can get involved and and help out people who are attempting to unionize in our city?
2: Yeah, absolutely. This is my favorite question. <laughs> um, so they l- just launched a pledge called No Coffee, No Contract because these stores that have filed their demand to bargain haven't gotten a response from the company yet. So you can find it on the Starbucks Workers United Twitter account, which we'll link in the show notes.
0: We're going to end on something a little bit lighter. So we have one more ridiculous story for you. Megan, go.
3: Uh, uh, someone really doesn't like Pittsburgh's flag. Um, there was a piece in uh, also City Paper back in April, um, and I've been sitting on it ever since because this just tickled the hell out of me. <laughs> Per the author, a city's flag should represent and unite its people and our current badly designed flag just doesn't do it. I appreciate how much heart this person puts into their argument, but I'm also like floored of all the things in the world to be like upset about that this is the one, the the Pittsburgh city flag.
0: Our flag needs a makeover.
2: What? But like, what does it look like anyways? I feel like
1: such a bad Yinzer, <laughs> Pittsburgher. I don't really know what the flag looks like. I kind of thought our flag was just the terrible towel. (laughs) Good
3: one. That's actually part of her argument is that people use the Steelers, Penguins, and Pirates flags more than the city one. Um, But that's actually really unique to Pittsburgh, that our city colors, the black and gold, are also all of our professional sports team colors. Um, That's not true anywhere else, and it makes it kind of a unique feature. Um, She also argues that our flag doesn't fly many places, but I would argue that it really does.
2: Where do you see it?
3: Yeah, it's downtown Mm -hmm. everywhere, like on every major building. Um, It's all over the North Shore because anytime there's any kind of memorial or anything, it's there, which means it's also in Lawrenceville. It flies over a bunch of our cemeteries, and God knows Pittsburgh has tons of those.
2: So it's really just like Pittsburghers who aren't
3: using the flag. Maybe, according to this one author. Uh, yeah. She doesn't cite anything that like suggests that there's like a huge public outcry. I think it's just like her opinion. If you don't remember, our flag is like black bar, yellow bar, black bar. And in the center of the yellow, there's a crest that's based on William Pitt's original family crest. And then like a castle sort of on top of that. Um She has, like, a whole itemized list of reasons why she does not like this. Um, But, like, let's keep in mind that the flag was designed, um, I think, as far back as 1899. So, like, of course, by modern sensibilities, this is, like, not maybe the most indicative flag of, like, what our city should be represented as.
1: Do you have any favorite burns from her... Strongly worded essay.
3: No, I mean, it's It's like professional too. Um, But she does have a couple of uh, suggestions for what it could be instead. One of them is just straight up black on yellow on black. And that's it. Um, Another one is a take kind of on the three rivers.
0: It looks like it looks like the flag for the Bahamas.
3: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, we'll post it and let people uh, uh, have their own reactions to it. But her suggestions generally are based on this organization called the North American Vexillological Association, um, which I guess ranked a bunch of flags in 2004. (laughs) So this is going back a while. Pittsburgh at the time was 24th. We got a B minus in their test.
1: Not bad. I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> is there criteria they use? Like, is there a clear greeting scale?
3: Yeah, she goes into that a little bit. So I won't give it away. But the suggestions for new flags are to keep it simple. Make any of the symbolism really meaningful. Only two to three basic colors. No letters. No seals. Which, like, a ton of state flags would fall out of good graces by that standard. And don't copy anyone but similarities to things that you want your city to be, like, associated with are cool.
0: Here's a question that will dead this conversation pretty quickly. Who would pay for this if we did get it, if if our flag got a sexy facelift?
3: You'll be shocked to hear that there is no recommendation for that.
0: (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Port Authority just rebranded and
2: changed like one letter, so it could happen.
3: I appreciate a good uh, moral debate, but I don't know that this one's going to rise anytime soon.
2: Well, if you're listening out there and you have big, grand ideas about a Pittsburgh flag, let us
0: know speaking of flags how are you all celebrating
3: the long weekend the long weekend
0: <laughs> yeah, I think obviously not our independence yeah it's hard to celebrate this country yeah so it's
3: stuck in your throat right now huh
0: <laughs> francesca what are you doing this weekend
3: yeah i'm planning on
2: spending some time with friends and having a fire and making some mountain pies
3: it's a good time to do that
0: megan what about you what are you up to this weekend
3: I am headed south. We're going to go visit friends in North Carolina, get a little pool time, maybe even a little beach time if we get ambitious. Yeah, just chill enjoy Mm. the day.
0: Mm. That is the weekend of my dreams. (laughs) Mallory, what about you?
1: Yeah, spending some time with friends and uh, some uh, grapefruit rosemary popsicles, which I would highly recommend for anyone looking to beat the heat.
3: We may have to share that recipe on social. Thank you. Yeah. What are you doing, Morgan? Are you going to What's What's Carter's aunt up to this weekend?
1: I don't know.
0: Probably bopping around to some parties, maybe going to a pool, making a mocktail, living my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. Megan Harris is our lead producer. Our newsletter editor is Francesca DeBecco. Mallory Falk produces the show. And our host is me, Morgan Moody. Music is, of course, by Benji. If you enjoyed the show, tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We will not be back on Monday, but enjoy the weekend. And we'll be back with more news from around the city next week. See you then. What's a mountain pie? Oh, my God. You don't know what a mountain pie is?